0: Every now and then, it may happen where someone says, what do Christians believe? But usually the question they ask you is, well, how did you become a Christian?
1: Hello, I'm Mark Hadley, and welcome to the Eternity Podcast Network super series, Evangelism in a Skeptical World, with Sam Chan.
0: Hey, I'm Sam Chan. (laughs) A man who's never lacked for words or energy. So here we go. This is a six-part
1: super podcast aimed at equipping you with a collection of 15-minute evangelism life hacks that'll help you give your 21st century friends the gospel, but in a way they're prepared to hear it. So today's life hack... Tell a better story. Now, you've been given the chance to tell someone the gospel. Great! Which means what exactly? I mean, you and many other Christians like me have grown up with six point plans and tricky diagrams that kind of feel more like a lecture than a conversation. So, how do we begin telling people the greatest story ever told? In place of a diagram, we have Sam Champ. Hey. <laughs> so, Sam, last episode we talked about earning the right to talk to someone by listening. I mean, really listening to their own spiritual position. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's right. Where we ask them, basically, tell me more. You know, you're a Buddhist, tell me more. You're an atheist, tell me more. So let's assume... I've got a person sitting across from me who
1: I've built up with relationship. We've done all of the sorts of things. Hey, guys, by the way, check out the previous episodes in this podcast. You're at episode five, and there's huge amounts of gold prior to this. But I've built up this person in relationship. I've spent time with them. They've come to my things. I've gone to their things. Uh, We're in the right space. We've chosen the private space. We've moved towards that where we can have those sort of conversations that are really about worldviews. They've told me what they think. I've literally said sat there and listened to them. I've helped them feel affirmed and they're waiting to hear what I believe. Sam, what do I believe?
0: Yeah, well, so every now and then it may happen where someone says, what do Christians believe? But usually the question they ask you is, well, how did you become a Christian? And that's where we get to share our story. And that's where we usually say, I grew up in a Christian family. I knew Jesus for as long as I can remember. By the age of 16, I had to make a decision for myself. (laughs) No, that is not what we say. It may be true, and it's very efficient, and other Christians know exactly what we're saying. But the instant we said, I was born in a Christian family, our non-Christian friend stopped listening. Uh, Because for them, that's not a real belief. You inherited it from your parents. In fact, just last week when I said to someone, do you have a faith? And then she said, no, not really. And then she said to me, she put the words in my mouth, were you born in a Christian family? And so for me, what I usually say is, yes, I was born in a Christian family. Obviously, that's not what makes me a Christian. In fact, that makes me more likely not to want to be a Christian. Mm. So this is who I am. And this is our chance to tell a story. And Christians will know, again, in Christian jargon, this is what we might call a testimony. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to jump into this point, is that um, I've kind of heard this one too. Yeah. So,
1: oh, what you really need to have. Now, there are lots of methodologies for evangelism, but, you know, some people said, oh, it's all about a testimony. But here's the thing. What if I'm not a natural storyteller? I hear some people tell their testimonies and I'm just not that guy. So what do you do if you're not that sort of storyteller?
0: Well, this is where we use a storytelling grid, and every culture, every language, every people group, when they tell stories, there's a very natural storytelling grid. The Greeks had their rule of threes, basically. You begin with a person and the mission. That's step one. Then step two, you're trying to achieve the mission, but things are not letting that happen. And then step three, you achieve the mission, and that's a happy ending, or you fail the mission, and that's a Sad, sad ending. And so we just basically need to use this storytelling grid. Okay, so there are things that people are really quite used to
1: culturally and we can actually talk about this for the gospel.
0: Yeah, that's right. So Tim Keller says Little Red Riding Hood went to take food to her grandmother. That's not a story. That's an event. That's something that happened. But Little Red Riding Hood has to take food to her grandmother. That's the mission. She tries, but there's a big bad wolf. That's stopping it from happening, but he comes, a woodsman who comes and lets it happen. So you see the three parts there: there was a mission, something stopping it from happening, and then something that achieves the mission. And typically in the history of Christianity, for as long as I can. Remember, meaning like 50 years, <laughs> I've seen testimonies go two different directions. Oh, okay. Now so, when I was a little kid, testimonies where people just got up and rambled life events. Yeah. And they went nowhere because they didn't have a grid. Yeah. And we then corrected that by giving people a grid, but then people just shared a theological grid, basically, but with no life events thrown in. So, it got to this point where at my church, sometimes you'd have people getting baptized and they share their testimony before they get baptized, and let's say we had a big day with 16 baptisms, I thought I just heard the same testimony from 16 different people because they just basically gave me a theological grid back at me, but it wasn't personalized. Yeah. So what we need to learn is both the grid, but also put it Fill it with personal events that really, really did happen in our life. So, just summarise quickly. We don't want to go one way where we're yeah, just rambling events
1: that happened to me. Yeah, we've all been, we've all probably got that relative.
0: Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) who knows how to tell a story that never ends. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to go the other way where it's just a. It could be anybody's. I one day I was convicted of my sin and I repented and I became a believer and ever since then Jesus has been my best friend. Yeah, that's right. Which is kind of all true, but at the same time soulless
0: and i used to joke because i used to be a lecturer on bible college missions where students would often get up and share their testimonies in front of a church and again they all sounded the same so i made the joke you it could get to the point where if you got up and forgot, forgot to bring your piece of paper, your testimony on it. You could go, oh, hang on. Um, can I borrow yours instead and read it? And it would work because basically we all had the same written testimony. Right. Okay. So how do we avoid that?
1: We're, we're talking about this three-point structure. Um, how do we apply it in a way
0: that is not rambling and not just soulless? How do we do it? Step one, you've got to ask yourself, Who am I? I've got to introduce myself as the character in the testimony. Who am I? What drives me? Uh, What is my mission in life? What are my God-given legitimate dreams and ambitions? So we've got to work out who that is. And depending on your context, you can play with who you really are. But my easy go-to one is I'm Asian. I was a firstborn in my family, and I'm a high achiever. And I begin with that and I can give stories in my life of how, for example, in primary school, I was always the first to finish classwork <laughs> And I was that guy who st- would stick up the hand and say, miss, please give us more work. or Miss, <laughs> you forgot to give us homework. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. You were yes, also the kid was, who had no friends. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a high achiever. And I guess my mission in life was to study hard get good marks, and become a doctor. Okay, so that's point one. Yeah, yeah. Point two. So you told us who you are, and you told us who what your mission was. What's yeah. point two? Uh, point two, show how you try to achieve that mission, but ultimately we're going to fail because God has given us a God-given legitimate aim. Maybe for me it was to honor the family or uh, to find status and security, but without Jesus, eventually we're going to fail because either the mission won't fulfill us or we will fail the mission. So for me, I say, I did it. I became a doctor. Oh, celebrations across yes. the Asian family. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay. But that's when you realize, you know what? Um, I need to keep pursuing a- achievements. So you can't be a doctor. Now you've got to be a specialist. So yeah. real life, though, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. So eventually, I think I burnt out. So after four years of working as a doctor, I thought, this is unsustainable because there's always another... Another trophy, another trophy. And high achievers, we end up remembering our failures more than our successes. So here I throw in a real life event. I say, for example, I still remember the ward round where they showed x-rays of one of the operations I did, which went wrong. Oh, I know. So not only public humiliation, but I can still remember this many years later. But why don't I remember the ward rounds where they showed my X-rays of operations that went well, but somehow high achievers was perfectionist. We remember failures more than our successes. Mm. So in the end, you end up burning out, uh, realizing this is unsustainable. And step three now, you show how it's Jesus we we're actually looking for. That's why God gave us his God-given legitimate dreams in step one because really it was to point us towards Jesus. So here I might use language like Jesus was perfect, so I didn't have to be perfect. Mm. I didn't have to pretend to be perfect either. God loves me just the way I am in Jesus. He loves me too much to leave me the way I am. So every day is a day where he has a project where he makes me more and more like Jesus, but it means I don't need achievements or successes to be somebody. I already am somebody in the eyes of Jesus. Now, some people would say
1: that's not the gospel. Like that's not a gospel presentation. Um, And yet at the same time, I feel uncomfortable saying that's not a gospel presentation Mm. because I kind of heard lots about uh, the journey towards Christ. So what would you say if somebody said you? I would
0: say the gospel is there, just not in the ways we're used to hearing it Mm. because we're used to hearing it in point form, but you just heard it now in story form. And we're used to just that one perspective of the gospel where, you know, I was a sinner, I was a rebel, I fell short. But Jesus died for me You're sort of saying that But without using the word sin rebel Because I was sinning I was rebelling I was trusting myself To be my own identity My own saviour But you've put it in story form And Jesus saves me Dying on a cross As the perfect person Dying in my place But we've just replaced it With story language mm. There was one night I was watching A current affair on TV And it showed a family Who were struggling To get their weekly shopping done and so one day they discover online shopping at a major grocery store in Australia <laughs> and they're ticking these boxes saying, this is amazing, this is so convenient. And then they, the camera takes us to the, online, uh, to the grocery shopping store with someone filling out the order saying, I always pick the best apples and the p- best bananas. And then they show the truck coming out to the family we go, oh, wow, this is amazing. We need to do this all the time now. What did I just see? I saw someone promoting online shopping But without using the words. Yeah, exactly. It came in story form. And I'm actually giving the gospel in story form and showing how it's real, it's lived, it's personalized, not just an abstract point-like thing. And it's in the context
1: of everything else we've talked to in previous episodes yeah. too, of people coming to respect you as a human being yeah. uh, and, and valuing the way that you live and the way that you live for
0: others, and then you tell them why. Yeah, so- and they've asked you the question, how did you become a Christian? And you've actually answered that question. You haven't tried to shove a square peg through a round hole, well Let me tell you this instead. You've actually given them the gospel, but in story form.
1: Now, the way that you talk about story actually, I think, makes a huge amount of Mm. sense, particularly in an age where we're not really very open to didactic statements and modernist explanations about things. What about
0: Jesus? When you want to talk about Jesus, do you Mm. use the same model? Yeah, I use story forms. Timothy Keller's got a great story method of telling the life of Jesus, He summarizes, and he said he got it from a New Testament scholar called Simon Gattercole, And the memory hook is step one, manger, step two, cross, step three, king. So manger, cross, king. I just got to say, hey, this is what I believe, manger. 2,000 years ago, God sent us his son, Jesus, and he was a, a real person, just like you and me. He lived on this earth, did some amazing things, and now you go step two, But the most amazing thing is he died for us on a cross. And in this moment, uh, God, if we believe and trust in this, God washes away all our sin, guilt, and shame. But more than that, step three, he rose from the dead. And there'll be a day he comes again to set up a a kingdom. And we can be part of this kingdom if we know, love, and trust Jesus Mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. So that comes in story form. But what usually happens is I say, hey, if you want to understand what we believe, can I tell you a story about Jesus at this moment? This is what I usually do to Uber drivers. Oh, okay. And so I tell-
1: you actually say to them, I want to tell you a story about About Jesus. You might have told them about you or or
0: context might have allowed, but can I tell you about Jesus? Yeah, Yeah, and this is exactly how it happened once on an Uber ride. I asked them, so tell me your story. Tell me about your faith. And I find most Anglo-Aussies, you have a one in three chance. They say, I was raised Catholic, uh, but I don't believe anymore. Uh, I think all religions are the same, but I just go to church once or twice a year to keep my parents happy. Mm. I found I get that conversation one out of three times with Anglo-Australians. And then I always say, tell me more. Mm. Tell me more. Well, what are you looking for? Or what do you see is important in life? And they usually say things. I look for harmony. I look for peace. I look for beauty. I like walks by sunsets on the beach. Like I'm looking for beauty in nature. And I go, wow. And then they say, well tell me about your faith. And I say, well, I'm a Christian. And they say, how did you become a Christian? So I share my story? Mm. And then at that moment I say, hey, can I tell you something a bit more that best explains what I believe? And I tell them a story from Jesus. And my go-to stories are either the woman washing the feet of Jesus. Uh, with her hair and her tears and perfume, because they have no category for that. Absolutely Mm. no category. My other favorite go-to one is Jesus turning water into wine, because they're not used to that story either. Mm. And then at the end of that story, often I flip it back to them. I say, why would Jesus give them more wine if they already had enough to drink? And they usually say, I don't know. And I say... Well, there are many reasons, but one reason is of showing them what life with Jesus will be like. Like somehow he wants to bless you. So if you think that by following Jesus, you will miss out. No, it's the other way around. By not following Jesus, we will miss out. And usually at this point, they'll go, well, tell me more. Mm. So telling stories about Jesus, I think just with their appetite, because they have no category. If people don't believe in Jesus today, they actually don't know who it is they're not believing. Mm. So we're actually giving them permission to know the Jesus they're not believing. Yeah, I think you're right. People are objecting to dry theological
1: approaches sometimes or to to esoteric concepts, um, and they're missing the man behind it all.
0: Yeah. So this is why I'm calling this life hack, tell a better story, because people think they've already got the better story, but I'm showing no, Jesus has the better story for you right now. So I, I have another example. I have a, a a Muslim neighbor and I asked him, you know, how Islam works and all this. And then he flips it back to me. So explain to me how Christianity works. And I, I said many things. But one thing was this. I said, you know, the amazing thing about Jesus is the claim that he became one of us. So he's actually translatable into each and every culture. So we can actually read god's word for ourselves in our own language because i said forgive me if i'm wrong but i understand the quran has to be in arabic like we can read the translations but they're not really the quran but with christianity we can read god's word in our own language so that's a better story and then i showed him the children's bibles we have lying around the house i said my boys get to read god's word in their dumbed down children's english but it's still god's voice speaking to them then I actually said to him, would you like to read the Bible with me and hear and he, God's voice in your language? And he said, yes. So it's all about learning that there's actually a better story in the Bible, a better story of Jesus for everyone, no matter where they are, culturally, existentially, or emotionally. So Sam, what's the take-home hack for telling a better story about you and about Jesus? The take-home hack is make it personal, make it about yourself, make it real, and put it through that grid. Who am I? What was I looking for? And how did Jesus give me what I was looking for? And when you want to talk about Jesus? Tell Jesus as a story. Awesome.
1: Okay, so uh, that basically brings us to the end of this particular episode. I want to take a a moment, though, because you might be thinking, gosh, I want to listen to something else now. Let me point you towards another podcast on our network. We actually have available SALT conversations with Jenny Salt. Now Jenny Salt is basically a story collector. She's a Christian academic at Sydney Missionary and Bible College, but she's a wonderful person with a microphone and she collects people's stories, They're amazing translations and unexpected spiritual journeys through this world, missionaries and media makers and scientists and sports people, people who have had their lives transformed. And if you'd like to hear their personal spiritual journeys, then you You need to listen to salt conversations with jenny salt it's available on the eternity podcast network and you can find that eternitypodcasts.com thanks for being part of the evangelism in a skeptical world super series and coming up in our final episode how to become your friends go to chaplain without the funny hats or the collars till then I'm Sam Chan. And I'm Mark Hadley. See ya. You've been listening to the Eternity Podcast Network, eternitypodcasts.com.au.